0: The gloves are about to come off. It is time to drop your buffs. Drop, (laughs) drop,
1: drop. drop. Come on in. Drop your buffs. You are correct.
0: Bring
2: it in. You are correct. You drop your buffs. Sorry, Adelaide. ready.
3: Drop (laughs) your (laughs) buffs. Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. And I'm Ricard Foyer and we are talking week five of australian survivor it's a big week because we are merging ricard what did you think about week five and the merge
0: um i really loved the first half of the week and i really disliked the second half of the week (laughs) (laughs) now that we get to kind of now we do get to split it into halves since it's just two episodes yes. per week out of fucking two episodes. Nowhere. <laughs>
3: Apparently moving forward, it's only going to be two episodes per week, which we've got very used to the three episode format.
0: Yeah, I, I, I the only thing I was thinking of, and maybe I'm th- reading way too much into this is like, every week, they don't want too much iconicness. And they're like, Oh, one big player <laughs> per week. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's kind of how it worked out this week. <laughs>
3: It makes me a little bit nervous that like, are we going to lose some of our favorite players early in the merge? And they're trying to drag it out a little bit.
0: I really hope that's not the case. Yeah. I I was trying to sit down and just really think, who am I rooting for? Obviously we have our faves, but who am I rooting for or could potentially root for? And I, I don't know. I just feel like we haven't been properly introduced to so many players. I'm only rooting for a few. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a bit tricky. And we've talked about this in the past weeks that on that new red tribe in the pre-merge, that new red tribe is made up of a m- huge majority alliance of boys. And it's been kind of tricky for me to get behind that because like usually I'm rooting for the strong women of Survivor and not so much, you know, the straight guys. <laughs> and uh <laughs> And that's sort of what I have to work with. And it's been interesting coming up to the merge because we've been saying like, okay, we're going to get some iconic couples reunited, like, well, I shouldn't call them couples, but pairs like Jesse and Jordy, who are both doing incredibly well, but playing incredibly different games on their respective pre-merge tribes. Uh, We're going to have Sam and Mark who are both playing incredible games coming together. And- both and each of these pairs are really in a great position, but how is that going to work? I think I said last week, are we just going to have this huge majority Alliance and then who's going to be the first to take a shot at it and try to topple it?
0: And I've been so frustrated because it feels like Sam and Chrissy are really great players. And it feels like with this particular vote, how it goes down in the second episode of this week, it was being made very apparent how obvious it is we need to break up this alliance how obvious it is we need to break up this all boys crew and yet they're choosing to ignore this they're choosing to be to actually say oh we see it now we see it but now's not the time and it's really baffling me and really frustrating but there must be something that we don't see in the edit there must be more to it because Sam is way too savvy with the game of survivor and Chrissy may not have the history of understanding survivor like past seasons but she's shown herself to be a very dominant and aware player for the most part yeah. except when she has a split vote on her hands <laughs> and you know i i there just must be something left out of the edit because it's so frustrating to see these two let this continue and however speaking of Chrissy we Mm -hmm. do have a voice memo from Miss Chrissy
3: yeah I can't believe
0: it first of all I'm so grateful that you are listening thank you so much for sending in a voice memo usually Sean is the one who hides voice memos from me and wants a live reaction on the podcast now he gets to have his first live reaction and I'm so excited
3: Now, I'm not hiding them, Ricard.
0: You're hiding them.
3: (laughs) I'm just producing a good podcast. Uh. Okay, let's listen to the Chrissy voice memo.
1: Hi, guys. So many people, including Sammy, have been banging on about how good your podcast is. So today I jumped on the treadmill at the gym and had a listen. Yay! You're the best. I love it. Sammy was right again. Yes. Thank you very much for recognizing that I need explicit instructions. You guys picked it up after a few episodes. I was with Jesse 24 seven. He should have been way more specific with me. I definitely am going to blame him for me nearly blowing the blind side. <laughs> Classic. Uh, speaking of blind sides. Yes. The croc one. How horrific. I don't think I ever would have written his name down ever. But when I realised that we had different ideas on our alliances, moving towards merge, I knew I just had to back myself and my feels. Um, he gave me the best pep talk before he left that night and it definitely ignited a flame in my belly. Um, let's just hope that flame doesn't go out too soon, hey? Anyway, love you guys. How cool. I'll be listening next week. <laughs>
3: Chrissy!
0: She's got
1: a flame in her belly! That was so
3: iconic.
0: I, Shit, they say she says so many phrases that are just not a thing in the United States. Like, classic! Flame in my belly! Back myself in my feels! Like, I don't, honestly I didn't understand half of what she was saying and I had to re-listen to it.
3: <laughs> so many people have been banging on about our podcast, including Sammy who's right again.
0: Uh, Sammy's Sammy always is right. always
3: right. Uh, She's always right. I love it. Thank you so much. You know, I've, we were, <laughs> I was having
0: a moment where we were talking about Con like two weeks ago. And I think, actually, I think I was talking about Amy and I had a moment of feeling really uncomfortable and I have to tell myself before we record this, is the podcast, we need to talk about the content from the episodes and not be biased. And it's really hard because I know Sam listens. I know Mark listens. I know Khan listens. Like I know who is listening to what we're saying. And I I never wanted to come across as us ever bashing any players on a personal level. And it's just, it's really tough. And now KJ just started following me on Instagram and I was in a panic because we have been the president and vice president of the, (laughs) I am not a big fan in any capacity of Sophie Club. (laughs) And, and but i really want her to know if she's listening that we are the chairperson and co-chair of the we love kj club
3: so <laughs> yeah i think kj's been doing kj's been doing very well actually and i've always felt a little bit bad for kj that she's gotten put in this position because she's very clearly a big fan of survivor she goes on the show with her sister who probably tends to get the spotlight more than kj very often <laughs> and very quickly overshadowed KJ for all the wrong reasons. And then they got put in this situation where they were the first pairs to be reunited, which kind of put KJ's game in jeopardy. But KJ got through that. She got to the merge. She's in a like pretty decent position. And I'm really excited to watch her play because she's not in this huge all-boys alliance. And so it's like the people I'm most interested in seeing – how they navigate this are the people like Chrissy and KJ and Shay who might feel in some way that they are in on that alliance, but very clearly to us aren't necessarily in that alliance. So I think they are the people that, who was it, Josh, called the floaters who they need to take out. And so I'm really hopeful. You know, everything goes back to this, this Sandra quote where she told them in her final Mm. tribal that when it comes to the merge, the weak will outnumber the strong and the weak will pick the strong off one by one. Now, what we're seeing is them actually reference that now post-merge and use it as justification for picking off the weak. So it's kind of like being turned around Uh on what the original advice was about. And we said actually in that, recap we said she's preaching to the wrong choir she's preaching to the strong mm-hmm. she's almost talking herself out of the game and it's very interesting to see how that advice has been interpreted and implemented post-merge i'm hoping that sandra's prophecy can come true and that somebody can start to topple that boys alliance but we will see ain't gonna be this week <laughs> <laughs> Also I love that to go back to the Chrissy voice memo, I love that she recognized that Jesse should have known to give her explicit instructions on the split vote because absolutely we saw it happen week to week. Chrissy got confused and Jesse should have known better. That's Jesse's been playing an incredible game, but that is one area that I think is a fair criticism of him was the Chrissy management. Sorry. (laughs) A new element of Survivor, Chrissy management. Because at this point, I want Chrissy to be on every season of Survivor moving forward, both Australian and US. (laughs)
0: Love you, Chrissy. Thank you so much for listening.
3: (laughs) Yeah, thank you for the voice memo. Okay, let's get into our recap because we do have quite a bit to talk about. We're going to get into episode 13 where it's opening on day 26 and Jordy is looking forward to making it to the end of the Hunger Games with his brother Jesse with the little berries in their hands <laughs> as winner and I guess runner up.
0: I really despise that quote. I sh- I shouldn't use such intense words. Everybody <laughs> criticizes me on Reddit for using such intense words. Um, I just didn't like that quote because it doesn't make sense. There's not going to be two winners in the end. You're not both going to have the berries and die, or but neither of you take the berries and both win. But <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Um, I was telling you a while ago that, well, oh, when we were watching the season 42 uh, promos for this upcoming U.S. season, that there's typically always a winner's quote. There's going to be a quote of, like, I'm going to win this game. This is my manifestation of it coming to fruition. We got it with Erica. We you know we we get it at the beginning of the season typically. Now, with Jordy and Jesse, we're getting it at merge and still, you know, it could be their little prophecy that ends up coming true. Now I'm using your word for Sandra prophecy. Um mm-hmm. but it could end up coming true cuz they had a pretty iconic little intro to this episode you know it's showing them back to back the two brothers we're getting the hunger games reference we're getting you know we want to win this and we're starting to see these little tiny bits that show how much this will affect their life and without getting too far ahead when they're doing the uh, reward challenge which is for a cash prize they, uh, Jordy makes a reference of this is three times the amount of money that either of us made last year. Mm. Like we're getting, mm-hmm. this will impact our lives immensely. And it's a, it's just a pretty good sign from an edits standpoint that we're starting to get an emotional bond and emotional connection with these two. Now, similar to Mark and Sam, We're getting content from Jesse and we're getting content from Mark, but we're really hearing the storytelling and the intention for gameplay through Sam and through Jordy, which to me tells me that they're the ones that are going to outlast their partners. And I guess we'll see. It could be a trick. It could be a trick. But it's looking good for those two. It's looking really, really good.
3: I don't know if there are a lot of tricks in Australian Survivor editing because (laughs) (laughs) the seasons that I have seen have made it Mm, not blatantly clear who's going to win but the winner gets a pretty strong edit and you can kind of see the path clearly there might be some competing paths where you're like maybe this person will get it maybe this person will get it but i think the edits for Jordy, especially is giving me big end game vibes mm-hmm. Because especially after this week where we saw so much about how Josh is running this alliance and Josh is the mastermind of the All Boys Alliance, I was like, Josh who? (laughs) Josh has barely had a conventional up until this week. He's had like a couple.
0: He had one strong episode and then disappeared again.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And meanwhile, Jordy is the one we have seen wheeling, dealing, and scheming. He's the one that got Sandra out. He's been dictating all of these various votes he found out about Mark Mark's idol and has sort of used that information in very interesting ways both intentionally and unintentionally this week. And so I think that in my mind going into the merge Jordy was the clear mastermind of the boys alliance. So mm-hmm. there's clearly something going on with the edit that is either boosting Jordy's uh power in the minds of the audience or he actually is but he's being quite sneaky about it and it's working and the target in the players minds is actually josh and so maybe jordy's just playing this so well that he's able to make all these moves but have josh be the biggest target uh, which is very interesting and if that's the case then good on him
0: i it's really hard to tell especially with the fact that josh's airline crew and (laughs) and there is a common little history of flight attendants like myself or pilots like himself hyping themselves up in a way that we just need attention we need people to know we did that that was my move i want all the credit even if maybe you didn't deserve the credit all the time. You probably deserve most of it because you're an airline crew and you're very savvy, but you probably didn't deserve all of it. And <laughs> there's a joke. <laughs> How do you know a pilot is at a party? He'll tell you because literally you just talk <laughs> about yourself all the time. It's like what we do. And so I'm curious if I really exactly what you just said. I'm curious. Is Jordy doing this? this manipulation of the game and really succeeding and just happens to be lucky that pilot Josh is over here making himself way too known for what he's actually doing to this season of the game. Or are they are the editors manipulating us to see Jordy as a bigger mastermind than he actually is in the game. And Josh is the real threat. I guess we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see, but so far, Jordy's looking pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. I did think I real say Sandra's boot episode. I did think it was pretty wild that no one else took credit, even in a small way for that move. It was very much dick shown to us, the story. This is Jordy. Jordy out of nowhere says, I want Sandra out. Sandra leaves. He gets all the credit. Not even like a little smidgen for other folks. And that was pretty telling of wow. And then he kind of disappeared in the background a little bit. Is this the winner edit? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. But I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah.
3: But here we are. It's been fun <laughs> to watch. I'm I've really turned a corner with Jordy where I didn't love his sort of attitude and the I don't know. There's just so much bravado. And post-merge, I actually have come to respect it and I'm like, okay. Good for you. You are doing very well. Is it my style of gameplay that I like to stand? No, but I can hand it to him. He's doing very well. And he's fun to watch. He's good on TV. So, yeah.
0: And it, okay. the thing, he is my style that I want to watch. It's just he's targeting Mark. And that's my only issue. If it was anybody else, I honestly be- think we would be like cheering him on so intensely. But I'm so biased because of. My admiration for these two truly really having a second chance season by themselves and kicking uh-huh. ass. Uh
3: huh. Okay. M- okay. Merge. Let's get back into our recap, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the tribes go to this challenge, and Jonathan tells them to drop their buffs. They've reached the merge. Amazing. Great. We love the free promo. Drop your buffs, subscribe, and <laughs> you get your podcasts. Now, we have this really cool reward challenge, which is being played for a cash reward. I love this so much.
0: This is absurd. I mean, it's amazing, but holy shit.
3: They, I know they've played 60, for... 60,000 doulas.
0: They've played for a car before, but $60,000. That is... I mean, that is just so huge. I can't yeah. believe that.
3: <laughs> the... Uh... <laughs> the disclaimer for gambling addiction on this i game. know it because <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's what, what that's like must be a lottery or like a scratch ticket life, or something yeah. like cash for life or something yeah <laughs> wow i love that i love that <laughs> okay so the contestants are building a pyramid puzzle on a platform attached to a rope that they must hang on to or the platform will fall and so it's pretty simple challenge but it was. Really fun to watch, and Khan just beasted through it with, I think, without a single puzzle piece falling. Um, He really got to the end, I think so. And hey, Chrissy was just having fun. (laughs) 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 She is like the sweetest,
0: (laughs) and I don't mean that in like a teasing you way. Like she's just so fun to watch on screen. Her infectious smile, like, and just laughing when she fails in any way. Yeah. (laughs) Love.
3: So Khan is $60,000 richer. So it's what? $5,000 a month for 12 months. Mm -hmm. Not bad if you can get it.
0: (laughs) There's a quote here, like while they're playing of someone saying the fear of Khan Fear of Khan, it was like this phrase that they were using of, mm. look at Khan doing well again. Oh, Khan's mm-hmm. beating us in the game in the middle of the challenge. And I was like, oh, is Khan going home? What What's happening here? <laughs> That's the first thought I had when I heard that.
3: Well, my very first thought was $60,000. Remember, Australian Survivor's prize money is only 500000 Australian dollars. And so $60,000 is a lot of money compared yeah. to that. My first thought was if I'm in this game and somebody wins $60,000 at the merge, they are not going to the end. Mm -hmm. That is enough for me to put a target on them, let alone all of the other reasons to target Khan, his idol, you know, his position on the water tribe. He's not in this men's alliance, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many reasons to target him already. And now he has $60,000. Yeah. Yeah. Not looking good. (laughs) It's not looking good. And I don't know whether that actually played into the vote in this episode because they didn't talk about it. And they probably don't want to, you know, downplay their prize or like like act like it's a curse. But there's got to be an element oh, yeah. to the 60000 Oh, yeah. Especially because Khan has come. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Khan's financial situation is. But he's come into this game being a known person. I think people knew him. He was on MasterChef twice. And MasterChef, I understand, is... A more watched show than survivor in australia so people know who he is he's got some name recognition and now he's just taken sixty thousand dollars from me in the game if i'm putting myself in the contestants shoes Mm -hmm. no 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 no
0: that's uh that was one of my first thoughts of like again not assuming anything about Khan, but i was like oh the rich person it could that's our perception whether (laughs) you know whether it be true or not i was like I know, I know. The rich person got the money. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that would yeah. that would piss me off in the game if you just don't know anything about his life, yeah, other than the fact that he's yeah. a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay, so we go to a merge feast, at least they're getting a merge feast. So there is some food involved in this whole situation. I did think when they had the reward, I was like, I bet they would rather have food, but Mm -hmm. doesn't matter because they're going to a huge merge feast. And there's a little bit of attention on Khan and his $60,000, but it's not brought up as a negative necessarily. Yeah, He's saying that he's somewhat relieved to not have Amy coming into the merge with him because he's feeling comfortable with Sam and his relationship to Sam and that Sam is sort of like joining Mark and the position he's feeling uh, is pretty good for him at this point. Plus he's got his hidden immunity idol. Yes.
0: Now I'm just like so bothered. So we get our first, intro or not intro we get our first confessional by mel this episode ever Mm. um Mm -hmm. and then we get finally an intro for mel and michelle these elusive figures that we know nothing about and Mm -hmm. we're just like oh we go straight from here's your intro on them but still no perspective from them and we go right back into sam and mark (laughs) and we go right back into the other major players and i'm like what's going on
3: there was a little bit of perspective. Like, I did notice that it, after the intro package, I think Mel said that she sees Shay as a big challenge threat and is ready to take her out with Michelle. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's interesting because actually there's going to be quite a bit of talk about Shay and what kind of physical threat she poses in the game. And I feel like there is an alternative world where... You know, Mel and Michelle and Sam are able to convince people that Shay needs to go. Yes, doesn't happen. But I think in some timeline it does happen. <laughs> this and that's the timeline I want to live in. <laughs> not that I want to see Shay go. I actually think Shay's not a good target at this point. I think they should be targeting, you know, the Josh or the Jordy or the Jordan or, you know, somebody in that men's alliance.
0: All the J's even Juicy but Dave.
3: No talk of Juicy Dave these days. How?
0: Is he sneaking on by? I was thinking that with... He's sneaking. I went back to thinking about Dave when I was thinking about KJ. Because KJ has actually asked for her input a few times in these two episodes. And I'm just like, not only are you not like in a position where you're scraping by, people are relying on your vote now. How the hell did mm-hmm. this happen? And then, Juicy, he's just there. coasting mm-hmm. on by. it's really wild to see. I think he's the only one that I'm actually seeing edited. And I don't mean this is his game, but he's the only one edited as a floater to me. I do not think Mel or Michelle are floaters. I do not think many people in this game are, but Dave is the one that's just like there
3: in the edit. Huh? Cause I think that Dave believes he's in the boys Alliance, (laughs) but I don't see the boys. I think they're using him. I don't think the boys fully embrace him in the boys' alliance. He is a little bit of an outsider. He's a little bit older. He's the dad of the group. Uh, I mean, Mark's a dad too, but David has a grown-ass daughter (laughs) who was in this game. Yeah, And so I think that he probably, I mean, I'm speculating, but I would guess that he doesn't have as much in common with the boys as they do with each other. And so, he's convenient to have around, but expendable. And I don't think he realizes that. Yeah. So, interesting. Okay, something I want to point out from the Merge Feast is that Jordy pulls Jesse aside during the Feast and tells him that Mark has an idol. So, this is the first person Jordy tells about Mark's idol. And then... Jesse tells Jordy that he's really close to Sam. So, actually, like this can work out quite well. They feel like they're in a pretty good position. This is the first time they're coming back together and talking about what they've had going on on their respective tribes in the pre merge. So, Jordy essentially isn't telling him about Mark's idol to out Mark. He's kind of saying it I, I, the way I'm reading it is like, I'm really close to Mark. He told me he has an idol. Isn't that great? And then Jesse's able to say, I'm really close to Sam. So actually like the four of us could be really tight. And then they kind of say like, yeah, we can get, we can easily get to the end uh, and just shred. I think they say shred through the rest of the tribe. So I think that's a distinct possibility if they could stick together. But, I so Jordy's didn't see it that way. Let something slip about the idol soon. You, what did you? How did you see it?
0: I I saw it as just like showing how both strategic and how complete opposites these brothers are. We have one who is like, I have this dirt on Mark, and we could use him and get rid of him because he's expendable. That's how I interpret Jordy's tone, mm-hmm. but that's because he just always seems to be so manipulative. And always has a different intention in the back of his mind. And then I see Jesse saying, oh, well, this is great. And I love Sam. I see them as just being so opposite. And Jordy just not trying to ruffle Jesse's feathers. That's his little brother. Doesn't want to upset him, maybe. Wants to give him hope that the four of them can work together, but doesn't mean it. I think he's, like, giving Mm. a false vibe to his own brother. Not to – I think he wants to go to the end, and I don't, you know, but – I got a totally different read on just. Jordy has no intention of keeping
3: Mark at all. <laughs> I mean, that's how I—that's how I first saw it when he was first telling him about Mark Saito. I went, "Oh no, the, this is it. They're going to take out Mark." But I feel like as the episodes have progressed from here. We have seen Jordy quite, I mean, is he going to keep Mark forever? Maybe not, right? Maybe not to the final four. But I think he recognizes the power that Mark's idol can have for his game, for Jordy's game. And that having that idol is not necessarily the one and only thing that might make Mark a target at this very moment. You know, there might be another way to play that. Mm-hmm. And I think when Jesse comes in and even when Jordy talks to Sam, I mean, I the the conversations that Jordy has with Sam to me feel very genuine in a way that's like we could work together. And even when Jordy tells Sam about Mark's idol, oh. which we'll get to, it's like <laughs> I think he's genuinely telling him like oh, yeah, you know, I know about this. I'm the only person who knows about this. Isn't that great that we'll be able to use this to our advantage? So, yeah, I do think I would have a tendency to not trust the intentions of Jordy or coming from the most genuine place. But I think when it comes to this, I think for the time being, I think he is genuine.
0: But I'm not trying to get ahead, but doesn't he, like, out the idol? In the next episode, Yeah, too. he does.
3: <laughs> he does. He does. But I'm not sure that, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Let's get there when we get there.
0: Okay. Okay. However, this idol, Mark's idol, is quite the topic. It, I uh-huh. I wrote down in my notes. I was like, does he not tell? Like, I thought I missed him telling Sam about the idol. And then immediately afterwards, we see the very... I mean, this episode was not good for those two. I think it was good for Sam. Every episode's been good for Sam consistently. But for them as a duo, we get this sentimental mm-hmm. amazing backstory. We see their son, you know, we see just them as a couple and their intentions in the game mostly from Sam's perspective. And then Mark's like, "LOL, what idol?" And I the editing was even trickier because he kept giving hints of like you got to have a clue. You got to have a clue. If you have a clue, it's easy. And I was like, oh, is he just teasing her? That's silly. He's going to be like, Mm -hmm. why aren't you asking how I know you need a clue? And then he just doesn't fucking tell her. (laughs) I was so confused. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so cringy when Jordy tells Sam and she's just like. it's, It's just not cool her to be in that situation of looking kind of. Please, no disrespect. She looks a fool. Like, she looks so not in the know, and I think it's just pretty shitty. Maybe it's going to be good for Sam in the long run that she's, like, able to say, look, I'm not even being told stuff by my husband. Like, I'm blah, blah, blah. But, oof, I did Mm -hmm. not like this scene at all.
3: Yeah, it's really tricky, and I saw that Sam said on Twitter, I, I hope I'm getting this right, I think I saw that Sam said on Twitter that... When Geordie told her about the idol, it was 24 hours after Merge. So there had been plenty mm. of time for Mark to tell her, and he didn't. And so this is like the absolute highlight of, uh, besides voting out your loved one, this is the highlight of a Blood versus Water season because it's like, You have this thing that presumably we've even seen Mark in the past say this is going to be great for me and Sam Mm -hmm. once it comes to merge or, you know, bring in the tank to the gunfight and – to not tell Sam, like I am absolutely gooped by that because <laughs> it's just, I, I can understand to some extent withholding the information. And like, you don't know. I mean, Sam's a big player of the game. And they, have, for all the conversations they might have had before going out there, Sam has been playing her own game for 26 days at this point. And it's been a very successful and kind of ruthless game. And he doesn't know what she's looking to put on her resume. She, she could come into the merge being like, wouldn't it be great if I took Mark out for the betterment of us? Like if, if it's going to get Sam to the end and win, taking Mark out might not be the worst thing. So th- this level of distrust that's going on between them is really interesting and I think very layered and it's just fascinating to watch play out because after Jordy does tell her and she confronts him, it's just this really interesting, weird dynamic that happens and it very much feels like something that we shouldn't be watching because this is a married couple and it's so it becomes so deeply personal. Although they're trying not to take it personally, it's really interesting to watch that struggle of the game happening, but also life happening and distrust in the game is one thing but when it's somebody that you trust with your life outside of the game it's just wild to watch
0: i will say and i'm giving mark some grace here because there there is a perspective that i 100 percent would understand and i would hope that sam could understand it too if this is actually what was on its mind she is such a smart player sam is such a smart player and feels deeply about her moves and her strategy as being the right move. And they, we have seen the season. They all have been the right moves that him saying that he has an idol. She could without looping him in be like, Oh, the move right now is to tell this person, this secret about the idol to gain trust or something. And him having yeah. no power. In that situation and that's the only scenario that I think is kind of forgivable in this situation of like look I I, I was always gonna tell you it was not a secret from you but you could tell somebody else for the betterment of us, but I want to be a part of that decision. And this gives me the power to be a part of that decision. Like, I would understand that I really would get it from Mark's perspective, but the way that the story is being told to us is like, Oh, you're just not supposed to tell anybody. I was like, she's not a a, somebody. (laughs) She's not a, (laughs) she's not a random ass player. So it's just, it's making him look like he's being shady towards her. And I don't like that, but I really could see the perspective of, oh, you don't know, you haven't been out here. She likes telling secrets a little bit when she trusts somebody, and I didn't want her to tell Jesse. So I could, I really one hundred percent could
3: see that. I, I would understand, I would understand that. However, he's in the position where Jordy already knows, not necessarily because he wanted to tell him, but because he had to tell him. Jordy already knows. Unbeknownst to him, Jordy has already told Jesse, so. That's not so much of an issue that Sam's going to tell Jesse, but mm. the fact that Jordy knows who he doesn't trust as much as Sam in game or in life is the problem. I because, see. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Jordy already knows if I feel like you have to tell Sam so that Sam can get ahead of whoever Jordy's telling.
0: Yes. You're right. I, ha- I really had not thought of that. That makes so much sense. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so Very messy. Very interesting. Oh, very cringy. I don't know, Mark. I don't know about this one. Okay, <laughs> couple stray observations before we get into the immunity challenge. There are a couple things I want to say. Uh, well, number one, we have a name, the Lava Tribe. Mm-hmm. Lava. Love it. What did they say? Looks like blood, runs like water, but also runs like blood. <laughs> yeah, Jason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, okay. Like the Lava Tribe. Interesting that see, we had this conversation, Evan Katz and I had this conversation in our Tree Mailbag episode about tribe names and like cultural appropriation on Survivor and things like that. And I pointed out that in the Brains versus Brawn season of Australian Survivor, I noticed they had the Brains Tribe, the Brawn Tribe, and then when they merged, they were called the Fire Tribe. Mm-hmm. Here we have the blood tribe, the water tribe, and when they merge, they're called the lava tribe. And the context in which we were talking about this was that, you know, uh, Survivor itself is based on this idea of cultural appropriation, in that, like, a whole bunch of, at least in the beginning, mostly white people went and, like, played indigenous in a mm-hmm. way. They put up, they got themselves put on tribes, they sacrificially uh, uh, slaughtered each other, things like that. The whole tribal council thing, all of the language is being, uh, adopted from the local indigenous cultures uh, for sort of like western entertainment value without necessarily respect being paid to those cultures and my point was that you know there are baby steps that they can make of course like it's built into the dna of the show but there are baby steps they could make like for example on tribe names or something like that and i was pointing to brains versus brawn to say oh look the the Merge tribe was called fire. And I think, I mean, I don't know all of the details of sort of indigenous or aboriginal relations in Australia, but I do know that it's much like in Canada where it's very front of mind, especially now. And we had that land acknowledgement at the beginning of the season. And I thought, you know, they're there in my mind, I thought maybe they are consciously making a decision to not use indigenous names Mm -hmm. to name the tribe. And that was that suspicion was based on the name fire tribe in the last season. And so I was very curious to see what was going to happen at merge and to call it lava tribe. I think like maybe they are decidingly moving away from that, Mm -hmm. uh, especially given the context of that they're playing in Australia and, you know, they're probably, I would assume in some way working with the local local aboriginal population, uh, or somehow involving, uh, the, the community. So Anyways, just an interesting observation, because we had talked about that in a previous podcast.
0: Yeah. So totally different topic, but just like random statements made at this camp session, this camp time. Yeah. Um, Mark, not in front of people, but in a confessional, referring to himself as a type five with the boys and not including Sam in his own confessional of who mm-hmm. he's in the tightest alliance with. Mm-hmm. All I put was WTF. What's happening here in my notes?
3: <laughs> yeah, because I saw there was a scene where Jordan, Josh, Jordy, Jesse, and Mark are calling themselves something like the Unbreakable Crew or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, I think there's even a comment. Oh, and and Sam. Plus Sam. <laughs> Sam is the plus one to the boys' alliance. And I think she knows that. I think she can sense that. And it's not a comfortable place to be. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. But in terms of the numbers, she's a little bit stuck this week, but I'm hoping something can flip. One other stray observation. Is that we get a fun Chrissy confessional here, where she's sort of just uh, reflecting on <laughs> merging, and she says that she's kind of, you know, she's ready to win the game because if she's going to sit out here with hairy legs and a bloody mustache, it's going to be worth it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doesn't she say she knows enough? <laughs> so
3: there, there's your winner cro- quote. Regarding. There it there's is. Your winner quote.
0: Doesn't she also <laughs> say she knows enough about the game to know merge is a big deal (laughs) something like that (laughs) something cute like that of like i think this is good
3: (laughs) so cute isn't that what she said about the hidden immunity idol clue in episode one yeah when she's saying i'm not stupid i know these are good i
0: know this we're this is camp this isn't tribunal oh it's
3: so good okay let's go to the immunity challenge oh
0: i'm so excited about immunity for one reason alone we see that those stupid (laughs) ass blue and red necklaces were not the immunity necklace thank goodness i hated them they were floppy i was upset
3: in fact i think that jonathan must have heard your complaints from the future because did you not say you only like a chain if it's gold
0: uh
3: i think you said that
0: if it's gold i thought if it i thought i don't remember
3: Because you were like, oh, I don't like that they're spray-painted blue and red. You were like, I only like a chain if it's gold. I
0: feel like I pointed out the the fact that I wanted to be um, like shaped. How do you say that? Uh,
3: Yeah, you said that too. You said that too. More structure, but I'm sure that you said gold. (laughs) And and it wasn't that you were asking for the Immunity Idol to be gold. You were just saying in general, I don't like a chain Mm -hmm. that's a color gold is better so anyways he pulls out this gold chain (laughs) idol that is structured love it it's the best of both worlds Love uh
0: i really like it i like it yeah i think it's good it's not too bulky it doesn't look uncomfortable um the immunity necklace my season painful to wear painful to the point that i said out loud this hurts my neck. And someone said, shut the fuck up. You have immunity. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with them. <laughs> I know. I like, and I totally see it in retrospect, but painful nonetheless. And Shay specifically was wearing like nothing when she puts it on. It just looks painful. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. So they're playing a twist on one of my favorite endurance challenges which is, I mean, the the challenge that I associate it with is the holding the hand above the head tied to a bucket. Mm-hmm. But this is a little bit different because you are holding a bar. It's not above your head, but you have a limited space to move it because it's attached to a counterweight, which is attached to the bucket. And so if you move it too high or too low, the bucket will drop the water on your head and you're out of the challenge. So... It was fun to watch this. It's even, you know, they've been doing some twists on classic challenges and I think that they really work, especially the one in the next episode, Uh uh, which also, which also incorporates a bucket and water. But yeah, what's to say about this challenge? I will say Mark's biceps looked incredible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Mark and Jordy both drop and, They have one of these interesting little strategy chats Mm -hmm. while everyone else is still competing, which we had seen a few episodes ago as well. And Mark and Jordy talk about splitting the vote between Shay and Khan. Mark really has his eyes set back on taking out King Khan, Mm -hmm. slaying the king, which of course was his MO very early on. And he's back on board with that. And it seems like Jordy is also on board with a split between Shay and Khan. Ultimately, the challenge comes down to Jesse and KJ, I think something that nobody saw coming.
0: Love! This is where I really am like team KJ. I am all in with her. Well, I'm partially the way in because I have my others. But yes, love.
3: Well, KJ's doing it for her little kids and Jesse's doing it for his little biceps. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesse ends up winning the first individual immunity. And it's kind of cool to see him have a moment in the spotlight here especially because he's sort of been, at least in the edit, sort of in the shadow of Sam and now in the shadow of his brother, Jordy. And so it's nice to see the kid get some respect. But it was also a great moment for KJ, I thought. I mean, it was like emotional for her and she, I think, really outlasted a lot of people I would have expected to outlast her. Shay the Weapon.
0: Shay got a nickname in this, Mm. Shay the Weapon, and she outlasted her. (laughs) Um, the way yeah. Shay got out though, looking over at KJ, I was like, oh
3: no. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta hurt. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to camp where the boys want to target Khan with the majority and split against Mel. So like <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm confused because the last we heard about the vote, Mark and Jordy were on board to split between Khan and Shay. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, we're bringing Mel back up. Mel is like public enemy number one for I don't know what reason, because they don't show her. But they have been after Mel for a very long time. It really just
0: must be the quiet aspect. Like being quiet and just watching is very, very bothersome out there. And not like, Mm. oh, you're annoying. But it is very like what is this person thinking why will this person not talk why won't they talk strategy even though we are seeing little blippets of her clearly being okay with talking strategy but maybe she's just not comfortable or maybe the boys are not approachable that seems very much that they're just always yeah. in their little group together with their speedos in the watering hole
3: I, yeah i don't know but also i guess if i'm thinking about this from the boys perspective Michelle and Mel are the only pair that are not in the majority alliance, correct? Who do we have? The cousins,
0: the brothers, Mark and Sam. Yeah, I guess so.
3: Yeah. So that, I guess that inherently makes them a little bit of a target. They are sort of an unbreakable pair. Even though they don't always vote the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just but, so confused. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, maybe breaking them up so that the options open up a little bit more in the future when they're thinking about who the quote unquote floaters are. Maybe that's a reason to target one of them.
0: Yeah, but this goes back to what I just said last week. Like this goes back to your the excuse you're using to take somebody out. Because you don't have a valid one is saying, oh, we got to break the sisters up. We got to break up that pair. You are part of a pair, Jordy. You are part Mm -hmm. of a pair, Mark. Mm -hmm. You're like, all of you are saying something that is true to yourself as well. And it's just so freaking annoying that people follow when you don't have anything else to be like, oh, you know, did you see this thing that Mel did or this thing that Michelle did? You're just randomly saying they're a pair and using it as your ammunition and I hope it comes back to bite you because it's an annoying thing.
3: So the real juicy stuff here is that we kind of have two plans going on. One is to target Khan with the majority of votes and split against Mel in case he plays his idol. And that is being sort of led by the boys, Mark and Jordy. But meanwhile, Sam has her own plan. Sam and Jesse kind of have their own plan and they want to write Shay's name down because Sam's worried about her going on a challenge win streak, but also because she has this great relationship with Khan. They've built a lot of loyalty with one another. Remember that Khan said that they can use his idol post merge to benefit each other's game. Remember that he gave Sam the individual immunity necklace last week. So I think there's this really interesting thing where Sam and Mark thought they were going to come together and their games were going to meld together, but they don't necessarily have the same interests and their relationships. I think don't necessarily carry over to one another, uh, where, you know, Mark has never really fully trusted con and has always put this target on con, whether rightly or wrongly for his having the idol. But, He's not seeing, he's not sort of accepting the fact that in the meantime, Sam has built this incredible loyalty with Khan and actually he can use that to his benefit. Or he's reading that Khan doesn't really want him to use it to his benefit. So it's a really tricky situation that is just fascinating because they really, they really go head to head here because Sam goes to Mark and tells him about her plan to vote Shay out. And he's like, no, 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 me and the boys want Con, And they just really have it out here on some random trail. And you even get that moment where during Sam and Mark's conversation, Con walks up and jokes, is this a domestic? <laughs> <It's so
0: funny>. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've got to say, I'm going to give Mark this moment. Mark is right in this situation to me. I think Khan is the one that's supposed to go. And I'm actually pretty bummed that Sam didn't see this sooner. Like, I actually, I don't even know if she fully accepts how smart this is for for Khan to go over Shay. Now, it would be different if, let's say the person in Shay's shoes that um, Sam wants to go is somebody that's in the boys' alliance or very closely affiliated with the boys' alliance. But Shay is not. So when you have two people, one that Khan is choosing to be loyal to you, and then Shay who needs to be loyal to you because she has no one else, and one of them is way more cunning and could probably out-convince somebody to go for you, like Khan, I feel like if Khan flipped on Sam, he could make a pretty valid argument pretty quick to get her out. Shay could not, because Shay's just trying to d- keep herself in the damn game. And so, Sam is way... or Shay is much more valuable to Sam than Khan could ever be. And is still such an obvious um, powerhouse in the challenges that she's still a really good shield, but just isn't as cunning. And I think this was the right move for Sam, 100%. And I think Mark was able to see it without having the emotional tie to Khan that Sam has.
3: See, I don't know about this. I don't know if I agree with that. Because I think that from Sam's perspective, I think the loyalty that Khan has shown doesn't make me think that he would turn on Sam so easily. And I think that... For Sam to have such a close ally in Khan and such a close ally in Jesse, who there may be a question mark now on Jesse that he's back together with Jordy. Khan may may become Sam's number one outside of Mark or her number two, uh, if we consider Mark her number one. Mm -hmm. Then Khan would be the close ally that she would need with the advantage in the game of a hidden immunity idol that could be used to help Sam target that majority alliance and topple somebody like a Jordan or a Josh or a Jordy. So, like, I could see uh, an argument for Sam keeping Khan in the game, whereas Shay, uh, whether Sam knows this or not, is so bizarrely loyal to those Boys, that i mean we saw her go and like tattle on some plan to jordan a few weeks ago and uh i don't i just don't know that shay sees herself in the position she's actually in i think shay believes that she is very tight with the boys and whether sam's reading that or not i think that I think that Khan would be a better... I'm not saying keep Khan to the end, but I think Khan would open up more moves for Sam than Shay would.
0: I don't know. I just don't agree. I don't see it. I I think... I, I see what you're saying with Shay, but that's when Shay thought she was a part of the boys, and then she's had time since then to realize that she is disposable to them, and that's like a fire in you that you can't really shake very easily I would assume you couldn't shake that very easily and even if Khan was Sam's number one and you can have them turn on you very very quickly and Khan is just so lovable so lovable and it's just so dangerous and he has an idol he's Shan so lovable has an idol so dangerous Yeah,
3: I don't buy that Shay thinks that She's maybe not so much in the alliance. Like, she's continued to vote. They haven't really voted against her strongly. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that she could believe that she's pretty tight with the boys still. But she makes a
0: quote. She says a quote in this episode of, I need to win immunity from here on out to stay in the game. Like, she ign- like notices that she can't rely mm. on anyone to keep her in the game. She has to do it for herself. I think that's why mm. I'm so, like, stuck on this. It's like, she doesn't think, oh, you know, if I lose, at least the boys might be able to back me up. She's like, I need this to stay in the game. At least, those are her words. So that that's yeah. all I'm going on. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us bickering all this episode.
3: <laughs> I don't think that Khan or Shay are the right targets, period. Well, I don't yeah. think either of them is the right target. Obviously, we're arguing over who is the right target between the two of them. But I I don't think either of them are the right target. I think the right target is Jordan, Josh, or Jordy. Totally.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Yeah.
3: So, anyways... It, very fascinating now we're having a domestic and <laughs> <laughs> so you can see how this happens okay so sam talks to Jordy and is kind of pitching to keep con Jordy's like look i don't think i can convince anybody to not vote for con i just think it's interesting here that sam and Jordy seem to have come together quite naturally post-merge and i mean just in the way that Jordy sort of Mentioned Mark's idol without doing it maliciously or manipulatively. Yeah. They seem to be sharing information and having open conversation in a really interesting way. So, if indeed our prediction of them going to the end in some way plays out, I think it'll be really interesting to watch because their relationship right now is kind of fascinating to me, even though we're just getting it in little snippets. Mm-hmm so we do get this confessional from sam a head of tribal council where she's kind of like mulling over this topic that we're talking about which is that she's not thrilled with handing over the power to the boys alliance it feels to me like there's this clash between power players a little bit sam and jordy and it's not that they're really feuding with each other i feel like in a typical season if this was the situation where you know like Jordy and and Mark say want Khan out really badly and Sam really badly wants to keep Khan in the game and take Shay out I feel like when you had that kind of an open clash where they're telling each other this very often you would see those players suddenly flip on each other so it would be it would no longer be about who's staying or who's going between Khan and Shay it would be Jordy and Sam going after each other because they're seeing this power struggle, and they're saying like, "No, oh no, no, no! This person's too strong. Their voice is too loud, and I can't have them around. I'm going to take them out." But this whole blood versus water thing, where Sam is really close to Jesse, and Mark is really close to Jordy, it sort of complicates this whole thing. Where it's like, "Well, that target's not going to change, at least not at this point," and we're still just going to play this out for who on the bottom of this big alliance is going to go home or on the outside of this big alliance is going to go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shall we go to tribal? Yes. I don't have a whole lot to say about the conversation at tribal. Uh, Do you?
0: No, I literally said con didn't play idle poor Mel con voted out. Like I had no notes uh, other than the fact that like con was a very gracious loser. I, I love that yeah. he was excited by the blind side. Um, Mel, once again, getting votes. Like, how many times is she going to catch votes? <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, oh, I guess we'll know exactly how many times she's going to get votes. And I feel like the it might just be the editing. Jonathan waited about four beats longer than usual when he asked if anybody wanted to play an idol and he kind of (laughs) giggles to himself when he sees that khan doesn't play the idol (laughs) there's this little like huh really no one's gonna play the idol huh (laughs) it's pretty funny what do you
3: think he's like khan remember what we talked about before we walked into tribal it's it's Uh, fun i'm so i'm surprised i feel like there is a little bit of An interesting play here from Sam because Sam could have told Khan to use his idol and still maybe not have gotten her way in terms of Shay going home. But Mel would have went home and like, okay, expendable maybe to Sam's game. Uh, So I think that's an interesting, quiet play from Sam here. She had all the information. She could have shared it with Khan. And he could have stayed in the game. But then, if he plays the idol, then she doesn't really have that tool that would benefit her to topple the boys' alliance. So maybe it's not really worth it to ruffle the feathers this early.
0: Yeah, and now he's still in the game. And, And he wouldn't be valuable to her anymore, because they would be close, but he wouldn't trust Mark anymore. And so that would be another rift there. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think this was the right move. And, I mean, we've seen Sam throughout the whole season, even if she loves Khan, even if she could use the idol, she's been on the fence of, is the idol really worth the unknown element of it this whole season? So, in the end, it just easier. But poor Khan, we love, love you, Khan. Yeah, he
3: was fun to watch, and I'm thrilled that we're going to be able to watch him on the jury because he's already serving in episode 14. Oh, I know it. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And hey, look, as much as we love Khan, we also love to see somebody go home with an idol in their pocket. Oh, yes. And
0: this is the second time.
3: Oh, before we move on, (laughs) first instance, post-merge, that we see Mel and Michelle not vote together. Oh, my God. Michelle voted for Shay. And Mel voted for Khan. I <laughs> and Now it may be all part of the broader split, but it seems a little weird to me yes. <laughs> considering. Like, yes. I guess there was no real move here for them, but I just wonder how, how much they discussed this in advance. Did they know they were voting for different people? Because... I would want to say yes, and that it was part of a split plan, but when it comes to episode 14 and one of them's on the block and they vote for separate people, it just is confusing. (laughs) But we we will get there. We will get there. Just wanted to highlight that before we get into that. Mm -hmm. So episode 14, we get this really interesting scene right after tribal council. They've just returned to the camp and Sam and Mark have a conversation about the vote. And Sam basically tells Mark it look it's not good for my game to be lumped into this huge boys alliance and not have any agency in the game. She's basically like, I don't like that I was just told what to do and not really listened to in a meaningful way, and that is not happening moving forward. I loved this scene yes. so much.
0: Yes, and Mark feels so confident. He's just like, Yeah, look at me go.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. The next morning, Mark is talking about how he's feeling good in his alliance of the boys plus Sam plus Jesse, and Jordy and Mark are talking about how the strong six are going to bride the alliance all the way to the end, but Sam don't know about that. She is still <laughs> saying she needs her voice to be heard, and it feels like, or else, yes, or else I will unleash my next level survivor strategic prowess on this game because they are like on paper it is a great situation to be in but if sam has gone through everything she has gone through she's waited years to play this game again she has studied the game she played an incredible pre-merge game to come into the merge and sit quietly in a boys alliance and be told how to vote it's not gonna fly with sam Like, you can feel it. You can feel that she had her pedal to the metal pre-merge, and suddenly, like, someone has stepped in front of the car, and it's like, no, 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 slow down. And that is not Sam's style. So I'm dying to see her retaliate.
0: And I think what's really important to note is... This isn't just Sam being frustrated like, oh, look at Mark and his strong alliance and I'm just on the side, blah, blah, blah. She's saying he is blinded by the bromance, I think was the quote. Like, this isn't even a good situation for Mark to be in and he's oblivious to it in Sam's eyes and Sam's perspective. And so she's not only frustrated being on the bottom of this weird six-person alliance, but she's also like, and Mark thinks he has an endgame and he doesn't. They And then we immediately see, you know, that they're turning on Mark in some small way. People are talking about his idol. Like, she is so on point with her observations, and it must be so frustrating to not have power and to have your closest companion you could possibly have, other than a blood relative, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, their chosen family, telling you... That this is what's best, and you're just like he doesn't see
3: it. Yeah, yeah, because Mark's feeling very, very comfortable. But it's interesting because again, going back to this dichotomy of Jordy versus Sam, it's like Sam is is feeling like okay, this isn't this isn't sustainable. This huge majority alliance isn't sustainable. And then we see Jordy also say some people in the alliance are feeling a little too comfortable and that he knows they're going to turn on each other eventually and you want to be the one to strike early which is I think basically what Sam is also saying now Sam has been shown targeting Shay but I think ultimately what Sam knows is that to go too far with this all boys alliance is going to play herself into a corner so really interesting to see this and then of course we see Jordy and Josh have a conversation where Jordy spills the beans about Mark's idol and it feels like oh, i was nervous this was pre-immunity and i was nervous that this meant they were going to start targeting mark but still they're not mm-hmm. but it feels like this is all being set up to be uh, a future attempt at a blind side on mark and his idol so yeah. and it continues to feel like a battle between sam and jordy to me
0: yes yes
3: with mark in between being pulled on either different directions. Ooh. okay (laughs) get your mind out of the gutter we're going to the immunity challenge it's another fun twist on a classic challenge as i alluded to earlier they're filling a leaky drum with water which will uh level out a table that they need to solve a puzzle on so it's really about time management focusing on the puzzle but also remembering to continue filling that bucket and we see some uh risks being taken or people getting too focused on the puzzle and the the drum drops back down and and knocks the puzzle off the off balance it's a fun one it looks like a fun one to play it was a fun one to watch and uh looked super exhausting but shay just like blasted Beast. through it she did so incredibly to finish the but now the puzzle wasn't hard <laughs> at all it was just blocks. Yeah, it wasn't those Tetris shapes that you see mm-hmm. on American Survivor. Uh, so, hey, there was a lot going on. Maybe they just felt bad for them <laughs> and gave them a somewhat easy puzzle to do while filling up that drum.
0: There's only the the only element that I think is really hard, other than the exhaustion part, which Shay just run like is able to run. While being focused on the puzzle and exhausted and carry that bucket with one damn arm and she looks so freaking tiny, just such a beast. Um, There's an element to puzzles that they don't really talk about the rules to the general audience much, but you saw everybody holding all their pieces. You can't build a puzzle anywhere but on the pedestal. Where you're building the puzzle. So, like, you can't put the pieces on the ground and figure out, like, oh, this goes here, this goes here. And you also can't do it on the platform where the puzzle pieces are. So, you really, like, they're holding all these pieces and they have to figure it out truly in their head as they go. And that's the
3: element that I think is hard
0: Um, because you can't pre build it. You just, you're not allowed to. It's against the rules. So little thing. So
3: but we we saw them like I felt like we saw them sorting out the puzzle pieces on the pedestal where the pieces were being So you can sort called.
0: but you can't build. So okay. so where like you can put them like in an order but you so can't you can kind build.
3: of like group like I think yes. these are the bottom. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Let's go back to camp and talk about the strategy that goes on pre-tribal because Sam is I think feeling a bit vindicated in her targeting of Shay in the last round because here Shay is beasting through a challenge. And so she wants to figure out with Mark where they sit in the pecking order of the huge alliance. And she tells Mark that she sees Jordan and Josh as the decision makers. This is kind of like the first instance we get where (laughs) we suddenly hear that Josh is the mastermind of this alliance, which I was like, what? Mm -hmm. So... That's clearly the perspective that's going on at the beach. I think if if I trust anybody's observation at Sam, because she has been so good at reading this game so far. So they're targeting Josh, but Mark says, no, 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 I'm not ready to target Josh right now. Meanwhile, Josh tells Jordan that Jordy told him about (laughs) Mark's idol. The J names are Oh, wild <laughs> the fact that I, I i can't say that i haven't stumbled through any of them this episode but sometimes i go back and listen to our episodes and i'm like wait i just i fully said the wrong name <laughs> well, based on what i was talking about so please give me some leeway so uh, Josh and Jordan don't love Jordy's style of running his mouth. So we're seeing a little bit, like we're seeing the girls are fighting. The girls are fighting. I got so because, excited. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, Jordy does run his mouth. And for Josh and Jordan to recognize that, like, I, I'm, it's been very interesting because I sort of thought that the boys didn't have it in them to start turning on each other this early on because it, they feel so comfortable. But we're starting to see some cracks form just a little bit.
0: I... You know, this so. this comment about uh, the vindication of Sam, I just, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like we're all missing something. Because I just don't get it. Because Sam, I feel like she could use Shay as a, I mean, the, her nickname this episode, last episode was Shay the weapon. Mm. She, having this woman who has not so far been strategic from what we've seen at least not super strategic, who can beat all the boys in challenges. And the goal is to get out this boys' alliance and break them up. And to hyper-focus your attention on Shay, when you could be like, oh, Shay, we're secretly working together. If we made it to the end together, I would win over you. I do think Sam would mm-hmm. win over Shay. And to just be so focused on Shay getting out, when Shay could be the the real tool to ensuring that one of the boys is vulnerable to go home by winning immunities. I just I, I I just feel like something's missing here. I just don't get the like tunnel vision for Shay. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm not questioning it, but I just I don't do get wonder.
3: It. Yeah, I do wonder whether it's whether there's any leftover feelings from playing with Ben. Mm-hmm. And maybe what they learned about Shay from Ben or that they feel like they're because Ben and Shay do seem quite similar in a lot of ways, not necessarily in the way that they're approaching the game. I think Ben was a lot more aggressive than Shay is, but you know, they spent a lot of time with Ben and they spent three entire cycles trying to get him out of the game in yeah. some way or another. And I wonder whether maybe some of that resentment Towards Ben or frustration towards not being able to get him out has carried over to um, a lack of trust in Shay or a lack of desire to work with her.
0: Maybe there, there's a moment at at merge when they drop their buffs and everybody's hugging because they're realizing they made it to the merge, and Shay goes over and gives Sam a hug, and Sam whispers to her, "You're working with us. You can work with us.
3: You're mm-hmm. with us." Oh yes, yes. Like
0: there's this moment of like if they did if they had yeah. any kind of beef that moment wouldn't be necessary, but they highlighted it. And why would Sam go out of of her way to just lie to this lady and be like, you have a safe space to land with us. This is like, I hyper focus on things and it's like, I can't drop things. And that's one of the things I can't drop. I'm like, what, what changed? And if that wasn't the truth, why say it? Why say the unnecessary Mm lie? Um, and so that's why I really thought Shay and Sam were going to be tight. I was like, oh, this is why she's a better choice of her con. She's giving Shay a safe space. Right. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I guess yeah. we'll just see.
3: Yeah. Or or may, maybe Sam also is just like feeling vindicated in the way of like, look, if if, it, if she's looking at it from the boy's perspective, she's saying she can now point to that point to Shay wearing an immunity necklace and say, you see what I was saying last week? I was right. Now maybe you'll listen to me this week. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily in a way of like time to get Shay out, but uh, yeah. hey, I have I have things to say too.
0: I see that, know? yeah. Yeah.
3: So maybe I I misread that.
0: Um I wonder. The next thing <laughs> when they're all just chatting about who's the after Josh notices that Jordy isn't trustworthy and is suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> And they immediately go back to talking about how the sisters they have to break them up. They're a threat. I just yeah. you know that that uh text that way that people write words for SpongeBob memes where it's like lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, uppercase. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. the sisters are a threat like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand them calling the twins a threat.
3: <laughs> I know. So it drives annoying. me nuts. <laughs> it's like they go immediately like josh and jordan are like yeah okay jordy jordy jordy's like too much he's running his mouth he's got too many he's got his fingers in all these different pies and it's like jordy jo- walks up to the conversation and they're like yeah so mel and michelle we gotta get him out <laughs> it's like, wait a second like where's the through line here and i thought like oh maybe they're just uh th- maybe they're just humoring jordy and they're actually gonna try to target him but no no it doesn't happen <laughs> So, and and we do get a little bit of insight. Josh says he doesn't want the Alliance to go after each other too early, allowing the outsiders to rise to the top. Again, like sort of hinting at what Sandra had said before she left. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of conversations going around about Mel being a threat. And <laughs> Mel and Michelle are feeling under attack. It's really interesting how the entire tribe handles this because we see multiple people go up to Mel and Michelle and straight up tell them, yeah. like, we're voting for you and Mel's on the block and we're going to split the votes between you. Like they're very upfront. And Michelle even says in a confessional, you shouldn't tell people that they're a target because it gives them time to come up with a plan. Of course, that's not going to pan out for Mel and Michelle here, but it's not for lack of trying. And I think that was a really interesting comment because it kind of shines a light momentarily on some of the greenness of players in the game. And I think some of the overconfidence we're seeing in the boys Alliance from multiple people, but I think especially from Jordan and Josh and cause I don't think we're seeing that greenness from Jordy. I think he's a lot more savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's as in your face, but I think that Jordan and Josh are yeah. a little bit misstepping, overstepping
0: a little unaware of the game dynamics and like the, unspoken rules and whatnot i get confused with this clip that was left in of michelle saying while mel is trying to strategize and get together some votes with the women to take out one of the boys and she's really i mean the argument couldn't be a better argument it makes sense and it's not even like an outlandish thing even if it wasn't her on the block I If Mel came up to me and was in a safe position and said this, I would be like, this is a phenomenal plan. We need to break up the boys. It all makes sense. But Michelle still makes a point of saying, if I'm the one that's left tonight, I don't want Mel's... strategizing to affect my future game i don't want this to hurt me Mm -hmm. her going against the boys and so in my mind i was like oh shit she's actually gonna vote for her sister wow she's gonna vote for her just to not have it affect her in the future so i just want to keep that little seed there growing of what i expected based on that specific comment and how fucking wild her vote is to me at tribal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, we see Mel try to come up with this plan to it's it's not a bad plan to take advantage of what she knows is going to be a split vote between her and, Mich- and Michelle. And she's kind of like going up to all the women on the tribe and saying, if this boys alliance is going to split the vote between Michelle and Mel then we girls could coordinate our vote to take advantage of that split and try to take one of these guys, such as Josh, out of the game. And it's not a bad plan, but it would require all of the women, including Sam, which, of course, is just not going to happen. I think it would be a very bad move for Sam at this point in the game. And so uh, it is fun to see Mel and Michelle take advantage of the knowledge that they've been given, which I think was a mistake to give them. Um, but they just can't get the women's alliance together. They you know, we even see Mel go talk to Chrissy and kJ. and we're just not getting firm confirmations from anyone. So uh, initially, I thought like, oh my God, Mel and Michelle are going to pull off this amazing move. But they just never had the allies to do it. It's really interesting to see even even Chrissy and KJ just kind of like entertaining it, but only out of courtesy. They're not honestly considering it.
0: It's so strange. It's it's
3: very interesting because it, it makes me wonder where everybody thinks that they fall. Where does Chrissy believe she falls in the Merge tribe? What alliance does she think she has? Because I'm not seeing her really, as a part, a solid part of any alliance.
0: They must feel like they have something. Maybe they think that once they have five women that they could maybe bring in Juicy to go against the five remaining men in the alliance. I just, I'm not understanding it. And honestly, they didn't even need all six women to do it. If the boys are going to do a split vote, a few of them can, will have a couple votes on Michelle, a few on Mel. So five women or four women could be the majority and so i i just it's confusing the whole thing's a little confusing
3: yeah. well i think what we didn't see is that the boys planned out this split very 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 well because they split in such a way that the women it was impossible for the women to take out a, a boy because uh like all six so women the on boys mel, uh,
0: or yeah. men on mel yeah
3: Yeah, so uh, they – yeah, they did it so that – I don't have the vote breakdown in front of me. But it's basically the boys plus Sam. Sam was never going to vote with the women, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's just like not the right – we even see her say it's not the right time to try to do this move because where is it going to leave me? And so when we look at Sam – included in that alliance, the split is done in such a way that the women would never have the numbers. Mm. They they just could never make the numbers based on... It wasn't like an even split. They put a, a significant majority on Mel, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to Tribal then. JLP brings in the first member of our jury con who enters to thunderous applause. Oh my I've always God. loved how in Australian Survivor they just like... they really they cheer for the jury member that every time they walk in, it's gasps, oohs, ahs, look at them. Where in U.S., it's very reserved. And it's like, okay, jury's here, yes. And they're usually Maybe giving a, a dirty look
0: a to everybody left in the game, like, oh, you voted me out. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. No, it's very jovial and fun. It's a, everybody's a good sport.
0: I think Jordan called kind of full snack. I don't have the subtitles, <laughs> so I don't know, but I think he said full on snack. I think
3: you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about a little bit of the conversation because I did make note of some of it. Josh talks about uh, how the majority uh, is running the tribe and that David and Mark talk about how the majority is making decisions by committee and that there isn't necessarily a leader. I think that was the big topic to take away here because – There's no decisions by committee on Survivor, very, very rarely. So I don't know if they believe that. I think that somebody like David might want to believe that. I hope that Mark doesn't believe that because we actually haven't seen Mark really reflect on his position in the boys alliance and who might be at the top of that alliance and who might be worth targeting when the time comes and i'm really eager to see that because if he waits too long to share that he may become the unwitting target of a blind side mm-hmm. uh mel and michelle talk about the vote against them tonight and they say that they are not the threats but then josh directly quotes Sandra and says, well, hey, remember when Sandra left her parting words were about how the weak are going to band together and eliminate the strong, and that's what makes Mel and Michelle a threat. And he's got a point. Like, Mel worked her ass off to pull off a blindside based on the split. So I hate how the advice is being applied, but he is right. And uh, they did learn something from Sandra, even if they did flip it on its head.
0: Yeah, I mean... I love that even if Mel is out of the game, she puts such a target on Josh's back. She was so vocal of like Josh is the one. Yeah, Josh is the one to go. Yeah, that's what it is. That's where my vote's going to yeah. be. Um, and I will say when Josh said, you know, we have to band together. That's the only way I go far. The only way. I even did have a moment of like. He's so right and how could I fault him for this? Like this is his one way. If he was to pair up with any other group, he would always be the expendable one or the strong male or whatever the excuse is and he would never go far and he's doing the only move he really has. Um I think it's it's such a weird thing to watch Mel and Michelle where Mel is Working her ass off to stay in this game and Michelle is just trying not to say anything to hurt her chances because she knows She's the one Mm -hmm. staying and it's so awkward. It's so just like you can't even And I'm not saying this in a a bad way, but Michelle can't Have her sisters back in these talks if she wants to make it further in the game And it's really like cringy to see and sad for Mel. She's trying so hard.
3: Yeah, I know. It's a sad vote out. Uh, it's it's sad for multiple reasons, including that, you know, Mel's just started getting her confessionals and she, in my opinion, deserved more. I think that this could have been a very emotional vote out if they had included Mel as a character or even Michelle as a character in the show and they have not. And I think it's just sad that Mel would go out that either of the twins would go out here and not have been featured in the show at all essentially especially because as we said last week uh, the diversity on this show is not great this is their most diverse cast uh, to date and to purple two people of color who Mm -hmm. happen to be twins to the point where it's it's (laughs) We can't really distinguish between Mel and Michelle, except that we know beforehand that one of them's a fan and one of them is coming in kind of blind. Yeah, Like that's that's what we know is different about them. Uh, I don't think that that's fair to them. I don't think that it's good for the show. I think it sets like a very bad precedent for uh, people of color who come into this show and aren't necessarily going to make it far, that they are just treated uh, expend, uh, like totally expendable mm-hmm. in the edit. Uh, and it's sad because what we do did get from Mel and Michelle, uh, especially during Mel's incredible fire making last week, was very endearing, very emotional. There was so much there to be mined and they just didn't bother mining it. So I'm really sad to lose Mel here, but it is what it is. And Mel and Michelle voted differently for <laughs> I don't know what reason. I can't wrap one my head around One voted for Josh, it. one voted for Jordy. Like, especially, like, I just... Especially because the plea at Tribal was I'm to, to publicly say, I'm voting for Josh. Mm-hmm. Should anybody like to join? Go for it.
0: What if people had joined last minute yeah. and her Jordy yeah. vote cost them? On top of that, yeah. how is voting for Jordy going to help you go further, Michelle? Like, your mm-hmm. whole thing was, going back to what I said earlier, how do I... Not let my sister's move hurt me in the future. So instead, you go rogue and you just say, "I didn't like Jordy." <laughs> like, what was yeah. the point of this? I re- I really, I would love to actually get an answer. <laughs> I don't deserve an answer, but I would I would genuinely love to know like the intention there. There, uh, I just don't get it, Jonathan. It looked like he was kind of teary eyed. Maybe it's the lighting. He looked kind of teary-eyed when he was reading that Mel was going. Oh, I didn't know this. There, So there are two very like big things for me in this, and I, they could totally be just misreads. But Jonathan looked a little teary-eyed saying goodbye to Mel when she was voted out. And Josh tried to hug the wrong twin. He got... No. Yes, 100%. Um, he stands up. He goes to hug uh, Michelle. Michelle. He then realizes that Michelle backs up and then stands awkwardly waiting to hug Mel. <laughs> 100 oh One hundred. I did not know. Now, it's that. one thing if he was like trying to give Michelle a hug to console her. Yeah. But that is not what it was. He stopped himself from hugging her when he realized which twin she was. Please rewatch
3: that. Hilarious Moment. Okay. Great. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, uh, we are at the end of episode 14 and the end of week five. But before we go, we have another voice memo I want to respond to from a listener, a longtime time listener. Uh, and this is Keith from Nairobi, Kenya. The fact that we have a listener in Kenya blows my mind. So I do want to uh, hear what he has to say because I think he's got an interesting point about uh, the edit here. So let's listen to that now.
2: Hi, Drop Your Buffs. This is Keith from Nairobi. Um, I'm a fan of your podcast. I'm wondering, in like in the, in the history of Survivor, if, there, if there's ever been a strong male dominant archetype who seemingly the leader of a power alliance who has been as underedited as Josh. I think Josh has the second least amount of confessionals. Has there ever been, like, I find it, like, funny. Uh, Also, like, I'm wondering if, like, maybe I'm, like, reading into it too much or maybe I'm just seeing my own things. But, like, Sam and Mark have both had, like, a lot of confessionals this past week. But, like, all of Mark's confessionals are about gameplay. He's not even, like, talking about Sam that much. It's like, Sam is not a big part of his confessionals. He's only talking about his game. But, like, on some side, like, I feel like 90 or, like, 80% of our confessionals, apart from the Shea ones, are all about, like, Mark and how it's affecting their relationship and how it's drifting them apart. But on, like, Mark's side, is like, nothing. Is that, like, a double standard, do you think, from the editors? Or am I just speaking as nothing? But, like, it reached a point, like, in the last episode, I was, like, Sam is getting a confessionary bit about Mark. And I was like, right. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I love how he ends it. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A couple of good points here. First of all, that Josh may be the most underedited, quote unquote leader of a male dominated Alliance. And I think that he may be. So I, I was trying to go back through my mind and look through the past seasons. I didn't have a lot of time to do this, but uh, like, I did think of, for example, Wendell, certainly not under-edited, but compared to Dom, like, he, I think that Dom got clearly the the favorite edit, but of course, like, Wendell was in the show plenty. I can't think of an example, except maybe, certainly not a leader of an alliance there are people like like some of the guys in Russell's Alliance in season 19, of course, barely got confessionals or points of view on the game. Um, but I can't really think of a male leader of an alliance getting virtually no screen time.
0: Yeah, I couldn't think of anyone. I, I couldn't. Uh, well, like I can think of men, but I can't think of... Like, the strong man who's also in charge, yeah. not getting screen time. And if they do get screen time, or because they always do, and it's them being cocky, and that's, like, the yeah. joke. That's the gag of it. Exactly. And so, exactly. so for them to not include Josh, it really does stand out.
3: It stands out to me because, like I said, it, it's just all of a sudden we're hearing about how Josh is the leader of this alliance, but I, I just don't think it's true. Mm-hmm. And I think what the edit is doing is under editing him so that we don't believe he's the leader we they are editing Jordy as the leader of that alliance yes uh and so i think that that's what's going on it's just strange that the perception on the beach is that josh is the leader
0: correct i see that yeah
3: um either way josh's edit is is truly wild like it is a great point like if he was on american survivor he would be like the the star of the show he really would any of these men would be the star of the show (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's what i love australian survivor is so good at celebrating the women and the game maybe not mel and michelle in this case but so many of the women get such great dynamic edits in this game
0: yes And then when he was talking about Sam and Mark and the double stay, I, you know, I actually, I, I guess we'll see how I need to see how the whole show pans out because with Mark, it makes sense from an edit perspective. If he does not make it much further or is not the winner for him, not to get emotional connections to the audience and emotional content, because we're not supposed to have a deep love for the people who are not the winner unless it's like a really big epic character that you want to win so desperately that they want to break your soul when they get voted out and mark will definitely be if he's voted out it's going to be a sad thing but he's also a strong dominant male archetype that not so many people root for as opposed to Mm -hmm. sam and so I, i really feel like If Sam is the winner or almost wins, it makes sense for them to talk about her emotional connection with Mark and talk about her family and talk about all of that because you want to feel for this person. They want you to be so invested that you are just praying this person wins. So I I think their edit makes sense if she outlasts Mark. If she does not, then it is a a double standard and they are just not even caring about the emotional side or trying to make him look tougher than he is.
3: Yeah. I do wish this week that we got more from Mark because especially with hiding of the idol from Sam, it's like I want to know specifically what his motivation was with that and I don't think he really laid it out in in a satisfying enough way for the audience. Yeah. So very curious to see how this is going to roll over into next week and what is going to happen because I do think a big move is coming. I think it's overdue in some ways and I'm very curious to see how Mark, Sam and Jordy especially play this next portion of the game. And of course, I'm looking for more iconic moments from Chrissy. (laughs) <laughs> who I hope is listening on the treadmill oh, no.
0: <laughs> in a very echoey <laughs> room. Cause her house is a mansion. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, we saw her beautiful house in the uh, first episode, I think.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay.
3: <laughs> With that, let's wrap up this week and it's been a fun one. We will be back next week. Wow. Next week is also the premiere of survivor 42. <sighs> we'll see if I make it, <laughs> it's going to be tough. I got a lot of recapping to do next week. So uh, hopefully uh, next week we will be back either on Tuesday or Wednesday. We have to uh, figure this out now that we're dealing with two episodes a week instead of the three. It's sort of thrown off the schedule, but... Either way, to make sure you don't miss our next recap and our recaps of Survivor 42, when I say our, I mean mine and Evan Ross Katz's recaps of Survivor 42, Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you liked it, rate and review it. And hey, share it, especially with your Australian friends, Chrissy. So (laughs) thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.